you know, when Pastor asked me to speak, uh, I was already, it was been a couple weeks ago because he knew he had a meeting coming up, and I was already looking at, at uh, he always tells us to have something prepared, and uh, so I, I try not to get caught off guard, and, uh, and I wasn't, but um, I'm speaking tonight on a subject that probably every one of us, if you know anything about the Bible at all, uh, uh, you know about, okay? And I named it the lad, the loaves, and the Lord. And it's about the last, not the last supper, it's about Jesus feeding the 5,000, okay? And I grew up in church, and I I remember seeing it on flannel graphs and everything else, you know, uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus standing there preaching and all these people down there, and... Um, and as I, as I read it over, I had it in my devotions, oh, maybe three or four weeks ago, and I read it over, and then I started studying it. And boy, what an interesting study. And I want to talk to you tonight about that, okay? Um, um, it's the only miracle that's recorded in all four Gospels. The only miracle. Uh, it's recorded in Matthew 14. It's recorded in, in Mark 6, Luke 9, and John 6. It's the only one that's, and I, as I thought about that, the only one that's recorded in all the Gospels, I would think that's got to be pretty important, okay? And I want to take a look at that. We're going to kind of tear it apart a little bit and, and maybe look at some different aspects of it. But, you know, uh, it's a delightful story. You know, it is. It's a story uh, that's centering around a little boy and his lunch or his food and the Lord. But then I ask a question, where in the world did these 5,000 people come from? You know, it says, now the Bible says 5,000 men, Becky. So I don't know, uh, you know, I know they didn't count men and children and women a whole lot back in those days, but I'm saying there's probably a lot more than 5,000 there. Okay, so I, I, I'm saying maybe seven, 8,000. But I'm, I'm thinking, you know, it's out in nowhere and they're up on a mountain and 5,000 people show up. So I thought, I wanna do a little bit of research. And let's go, I'm going to go back a little bit, and let's see, let's see what was going on maybe before Jesus went to that mountain, okay? Um, so let's, um, let's take a look at Mark 4, at Mark 4, no, wait a minute, let's, let's start with John. John, I'm sorry, Paul, I'm sorry, Paul, John 4. 39 through 42. And that's the woman at the well. And you know, all of us know the story that, you know, she was there and Jesus spoke to her. And, and the scripture says that uh, many believed in him because of her testimony. It says many in her town believed of, in him because of her testimony. And he says, and what she said, she said, he told me everything I've ever done. Now, isn't it amazing? You know, she, she was at the well, she was talking to him, and she was surprised that Jesus was even talking to her. But he, was, he told me everything I ever done. And, he, and she went back, and she, told, and she told everybody in town what was going on. And it says that many believed because of her testimony, but then it goes on to say, we know that this man is really the Savior because we heard him. Because we heard him. They knew that he was a Savior. Now, that's just one incident that was going on. And then we go on, to uh, John 5, 8. And that's the lame man. And I think all of you know about the lame man. None of these scriptures coming up? Oh, okay. I thought, I thought maybe I'm missing something. You know, and that's the lame man. And you know, that was the one that was by the pool, okay? 
And, and they were laid by the pool for years, the way it sounds. And, you know, when the water was supposed to be stirring, somebody was supposed to help them get into the pool and it would be healing. But he said, you know, um, and Jesus said to him, uh, do you want to be, do you want to get well? And he says, yes, I do, but I don't have anybody to help me. You know, and, and I wonder, as I thought about that, I wonder how many times we have friends, we have neighbors, we have people hurting, and they want to get well. They want to get well, but they don't have anybody to help them. They don't have anybody to help them. And Jesus looked at him and he said, pick up your mat and walk. Pick up your mat and walk. And you know, he just didn't pick up his mat and walk. He picked up his mat. And, uh, I, can't you just picture it? The man hasn't walked since birth. Can't you just picture it? The guy pick, getting up, standing there, picking up his mat, and then he's gone. And you know, if, if, if it was like me, I, I wouldn't stand there just walking. I'd run. I'd run. I'd be dancing down the aisles. I'd be doing cartwheel. You know what I'm saying? And, and when people seen him, they were amazed. Hey, aren't, isn't that that guy that was at the well? What happened? I don't know. This guy told me, he prayed for me. He said, hey, get up and walk. He said, it's a miracle. Here I am. Well, people were shocked, but they seen a miracle. Okay? So there were some miracles going on back, back then, okay, in that area. Another one, Mark 2.22. Mark, yeah, Mark 5.22. It says, a ruler of the synagogue came to Jesus and he said, Lord, my daughter's dying. Will you please come? My daughter's dying. Will you please come? And Jesus said, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll come. And so he got the disciples together and he got together and he started walking down. Well, you, get, you know, Jesus was getting pretty popular at that time, okay? And there was a crowd following him. And as they're walking down this crowd, now this guy wants Jesus to hurry. My daughter's dying. You know what I'm saying? He wants Jesus, right? He wants him now. He don't want him tomorrow. Have you ever been there? Lord, so I want Jesus to do it now. I've been there. But Jesus, you know, and he's walking down, the aisle, walking down, and there's crowds all around him, and he says, who touched me? And the disciples looked and said, are you out of your mind? He didn't say that really, but that's what they thought. Everybody is touching you. He said, no, but somebody touched me in faith. And here's a woman who's been sick for years, reached out and she thought, if I could just touch the hem of his garden, and she was healed that quick. So why that was happening, this ruler's housekeeper came and said, hey, don't bother him anymore. Don't bother him anymore. I know the story. Don't bother him anymore. Your daughter's dead. And that just probably took everything out of him. And Jesus said, no, he's not, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. Let's go. So they get down there. And it says, and as he got down there, the people outside laughed at him. So they laughed at him. And he said, never mind them. And he walked in, took a couple of his disciples, mom and dad with him, walked in, grabbed the girl's hand, said, get up. You're healed. Get up and walk. And she got up. Another miracle. Now, these are different towns this is happening at. Do you understand? And all these towns, people are hearing these things. Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Jesus is getting popular. He's getting popular. In four, 
Mark, Mark, Mark 6, 33. They saw, they saw him leaving town and they ran on foot from all towns around so they could get to the mountain. Now we're getting to the mountain. Okay, it says, they seen him leaving town and they ran on foot so they could get there to hear Jesus. Do you get what they're saying, what's happening here? They just don't want to say, hey, church is going on, you want to go? It says, they ran. They were excited. You know, Norma and I, um, Probably, Becky, I'm thinking probably 15, 16 years ago, the church sent us down to a big church, uh, and uh, they, they, they were telling us how to run small groups, okay? In fact, it's been probably 17 years now, okay? And how to run small groups. And they were having a seminar on a Monday for small groups. And Norman and I went to that seminar, and then we heard, it was good. We learned a lot, okay? And, and we heard that... Uh, they didn't have Wednesday night service. They had Tuesday night service. So we heard that their, their, their what they call it, their Bible study was Tuesday night. So we thought, well, we're in town. Why don't we go to their Bible study? Okay. Now we heard that they usually had a pretty good crowd. So we thought we better get there early. So we got there about, about a half hour early. And let me tell you what we've seen. We've seen people running into the church to get a good spot. Businessmen, women, children, running to get a good spot. Why? Because they wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. Now, this guy that was teaching was a very good teacher. And there was something else we noticed. Now, there were still cell phones. There was all this other stuff. But you know what they had, Becky, in their hands? They had a Bible. They were running. It was a Bible study. And I'll tell you why they had their Bible in their hands. Because the speaker got up and he said, how many of you have your Bible with me tonight, with you tonight? And almost everyone raised up. He said, that's good, because nothing's going on the screen. I want you to read it. Now, I'm just telling you what was going on. But they were, the, the point is, they were excited to be there. They ran. The same thing that was happening here. They were excited to see what was going on. They've heard Jesus. They heard about him. Some of them sat under his teaching and this and that and other things. They've seen miracles. And they ran to be with him. Now, just before this all went on, just before uh, the... Um, the meeting at, at the mountain there, in Luke 9, and I don't have that on the screen, but in Luke 9, in Luke 9, Jesus got his disciples together. And he said, listen, guys, he said, I want you to go out. And I want you to go out, and I want you to preach the kingdom of God, and I want you to heal people. And I want you to heal the sick. So they went out. And they had great success they had great success. All They went from town to town, and it says from town to town, and village to village, uh, preaching, preaching the kingdom of God and healing the sick. Preaching the gospel and healing the sick. And then they came back to Jesus, and they were reporting to him what was going on. And that's where the story starts. They're reporting to Jesus what was going on. And Jesus said, well, listen, guys, let's go up. Let's get away from town a little bit. Let's go up to the mountain. Let's go up to the mountain where nobody will be around us. Isn't that exciting? Let's just get away and relax. So they get up. They're going up to the mountain. 
And, uh, and, and it's different. So we want to look and see what this is all about. Luke, uh, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're probably going to do most of, it, most of the studying in, uh, in John. But, uh, but when they got up there, when they got up there, in, in Luke 9, 12, it says, The apostle said, Lord, send this crowd home. There's too many of them, Lord. Send them home. You know why? Lord, send them home because dinner's coming. It's getting late. And we got to feed, you know, they got to eat. So Lord, send them home so they can eat. And so I would think they were probably thinking, so we can go and eat too and be, you know, get some rest. But in Mark 6, 34, it says, when Jesus looked up and saw the great crowd coming, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. He had compassion on him because they were sheep without a shepherd. Does that ring a bell with you? I mean, isn't that us at one time? Weren't we all kind of lost without sheep, like sheep without a shepherd? And Jesus had what? He had compassion on us. He had compassion on us. And he still has compassion on us. And he's still teaching us many, many things. Now, I don't know how the disciples felt, but, uh, but uh, I don't think they were probably mad at Jesus because he was doing what he was called to do. But in John 6, verse 5, Jesus said, well, where are we going to buy the food for all these people? Where, how are we going to do that? Where are we going to get all the food for all these people? In other words, what Jesus is saying, guys, we're not sending them home. We're going to feed them. He was telling them pretty straight, wasn't he? Where are we going to buy the food? And, uh, and Jesus already knew what was going to happen. But he said this just to kind of test a couple of his disciples to see, to see if they understood. Now, you've got to realize, these disciples have been with Jesus. They have seen miracles. They have watched people get healed. They watched people raised from the dead, this little girl. They've seen, they seen all these miracles. They've seen, the, you know, they seen the people healed, sick, that were healed. And so Jesus says, uh, well, Philip, he said, uh, how are we going to get the food, Philip? And John 6, 7, Philip, a disciple of Jesus, looked at the demand. He looked at the demand of Jesus. He looked at the demand. And he said, Lord, to feed all these people, it's going to cost us eight months, eight months, Eight weeks? Eight months? No, eight months' wages. So they couldn't have made a whole lot back in those days. Eight months' wages to feed these people. And then we're only going to be able to give them a little bit. You know, what Philip was looking at, what a great demand, and we don't have anything to give. So often, we look at what Jesus demands, and we say, wow, we can't do it. We can't do it and we give up. Send them home. But Jesus said, you know, he, he did this testing them. It says he was testing them to see what they've learned. 
to see, is it sinking into you that I am God? Is it sinking into you that I can do anything? And I think he flunked this one. You know, Jesus is a good teacher. And like every teacher, at least when I was in school, they gave tests. And believe it or not, and it's hard for you to believe this, but I flunked a few of those tests. You know why I did? Because I wasn't paying attention to what was being taught. And I think we find the same thing here. What a great need. What a great need. What an awesome need. But his faith was too small. He's seen the need, but his faith was too small to believe. And then in John 6, 8 and 9, Andrew, another disciple, he looked at the supply. I love this part. He said, hey, hey Lord, we have a young boy here. Now, I want you to th- think about this for a while. Here's five, six, seven thousand people. Do you think that Andrew went through six, seven, eight thousand people trying to find a young boy with food? This young boy knew who he was looking for. He knew who he was looking for. He came to them. They didn't have to go to him. He came to them. And he came to Andrew because he's seen Andrew. He's seen Andrew with him. I, you know, he was probably in one of those crowds where Jesus preached. And the young boy came and said, hey, here's my lunch. Now, some people say it's a miracle that a young boy would give up his lunch. And that's true. If you got boys, you understand that. Okay? But, but I want you to look Andrew's faith. Here's a young boy came, and he wants to give this to Jesus. And Andrew said, hey, we only have five loaves and two little fish. How far will that go? He asked the question to Jesus. How far will that go? The supply is small. The supply was small, but his faith, his faith was smaller. Has God ever asked you to give something? Maybe, maybe in an offering, maybe something else? You say, but Lord, I just can't do that. Because I got this, and I got this, and I got this, and I got this. Or I don't have this, and I don't have that. I've been there. I've been there. You know, when, when Norm and I came back to the Lord and we were putting our marriage back together and we owed everybody. I mean everybody, because we're getting a divorce. So we owed everybody. And I remember sitting down with Norm and I mean, we didn't have any money coming. You know, I, had a, I, was, I was working at Chrysler, but I wasn't making a whole lot. And we had this back of bills and this much coming in. And I sat there and we prayed, and I told Norma, we got a tithe. And she looked at me, and she said, yes, we do. It wasn't much, because it wasn't making much, but we had a tithe. And you know, God worked a miracle. We didn't have much, but God made it enough. You know, hey, Andrew, it's not much, but let's see what God can do with it. Let's see what God can do with it. And God said, hey, bring that, long boy, that little boy up here. And let me see that lunch. I'm, I'm putting it in my words because I know Jesus. Just saw Jesus would talk. <laughs> he was from Flat Rock. <laughs> I can say he lives in Flat Rock because I'm there. Okay, but anyway, he said, give me that, give me that, give me, give me that food. 
and it says the little boy brought his food and he gave it to Jesus. And Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks and fed them all. All the people ate. All the people. Every one of them had enough left over. And they had enough left over. He says they had enough left over for 12 baskets full. Think about that. Five loaves, two fish, seven or 8,000 people. Enough left over to 12 loaves. How many, how many, how many disciples were there, Becky? Was there 12? 12. So each, each disciple had a, had a basket full. They had enough for the next two or three weeks to eat. And I could almost, I could almost hear Jesus looking at Andrew and saying, how far do you think it'll go? Isn't that what Andrew asked? Isn't that what Andrew asked? How far will this go? This little bit. And Jesus looking at him back and said, how far do you think it'll go? It'll feed them all. And some left over. That's God, isn't it? That's God. So let me just say, you know, when God asks you to do something, and you're sure it's the Lord, it's just not, oh, I feel that. You know, when God asks you to do something, don't balk. Don't balk. It's called faith, you know? When Norma and I said, we have to tithe, we didn't have the slightest idea how we are going to do it. I, I, I worked at Chrysler. I decided I'd deliver free press in the morning, and I clean the church in, in the weekends, okay? I worked three jobs. But you know what? God blessed it all. God blessed it all. Why? Because we gave, even when we couldn't. Even when we could, or I shouldn't say couldn't, we could. Okay, so I want to take a look. What time is it? Okay, we got a little time, yeah? I want to take a look at the boy. I want to take a look at the lad. We've seen, we've already looked at the fish. We've seen what the Lord could do. So let's just take a look at the lad. The little, the little boy. The message that the little boy heard. The message that the little boy heard. Probably before, probably before this happened, in Luke 9, 11, it says, Jesus spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed all those who were sick. The little boy heard the message. He heard the message. He seen the sick saved. And he said, man, that's the guy I want to follow. That's the guy I want to meet. There, you know, when I was a... And this is probably a rough way of, of, of illustrating this. But when I was in high school, there was a ball player. Rocky, you probably remember him. His name was, his name was Charlie Maxwell. Charlie Maxwell was called the Sunday Punch. That's why I liked him. Because he hit a home run every Sunday. He did. It seemed like every Sunday, it didn't mean, he wasn't a Christian. But I wanted, he was left-handed, he played left field. I was left-handed, I played left field. We had a lot in common. The only place, he was a pro when I was still in high school. There's a little bit difference there. But I wanted to meet Charlie Maxwell. And it just so happened in my senior year, they had, they had a, uh, uh, a thing at the ballpark that uh, your coach could take so many players and you get to meet the players and, you know, and you get the autographs and everything. And I got to meet Charlie Maxwell. Man alive, I didn't wash that hand for about two months. You know what I'm saying? I shook that man's hand, you know, and that's the closest I ever got to a pro. But, uh, but you know, the little boy heard the message. 
the little boy heard the message. And he wanted to follow Jesus. That's why he was there. He wasn't there because mom made him. He wasn't there because dad said, come on, tag along with me. Because I got a feeling mom and dad weren't anywhere around when he, walked, when he brought his lunch up to Jesus. Just a feeling. And you know what? Some other thing about that. 5,000 people. Do you think the little boy was the only one who had food? No way. No way. But he was the only one willing to give it all to Jesus. Interesting, isn't it? 5,000 people. You know, probably, probably a guy out there probably said to his neighbor, hey, I got this lunch here. You want to share it? So they shared it. But nobody was willing to give it up and bring it to Jesus. I just thought I'd throw that in. Okay. The man, the little boy followed. John 6, 8 and 9. It says he went to Andrew with his lunch. He went to Andrew. He knew where to go. He knew where to go with his lunch. Andrew didn't go walking through 5,000 people looking for a little boy with a lunch. The little boy came to him. You know, there are people out there in our world today that are looking for people to follow. They're looking for people that will take them to Jesus. We got to be on our toes. We got to be listening. Because the little boy wanted to meet Jesus. I wonder how many of our friends, you know, just last week, yeah, last week, um, I just happened to go to a store that I usually don't go into, and I bumped into a guy that used to work for me a year. I, I, I do this all the time because uh, so many people work for me. But I bumped into a guy that used to work for me. He said, Rick, go, so good to see you. That's why I wasn't in prayer Saturday or Friday. And uh, he said, I really got some problems, Rick. He said, I need somebody to talk to. I haven't seen him in 20 years. He said, but I remember, you, I remember you telling me what God did in your family, in your wife. He said, so, what do you think, we can get together? I said, sure we can. Tomorrow morning? <laughs> so, I missed our men's, prayer, our men's prayer breakfast, but I met over here at Tim Hortons with him. And he sat there and he talked to me. No, he didn't accept the Lord. But he told me his problems. He let me pray with him. We set up another meeting for next week sometime. But you know, he knew when he seen me that, it, that I could help him. I can't, but he, I, he knew I knew who could help him. Let's put it that way. Okay? So we need to be that person. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I remember the first time, I'm getting off here a little bit, but I remember the first time that God told me, hey, you need to go speak to that guy. Man, I'm running machine alongside, the, uh, alongside this other guy, and he was a monster of a man. I mean, he, he made about three of me, you know what I mean? But I'm running this machine, and, and, uh, and I just, we just, about six months ago, we just came through revival, and all of a sudden people knew, you know, that I was holier than thou, that's what you used to call me, that I was holier than thou. So I walked over, and I put my arm around him, said, hey, Bill, I said, remember the old tracks? Well, I had a track. I said, Bill, I want you to read this. He looked at me. He tore that thing up. He threw it in my face. He said, don't you ever, ever talk to me about the Lord. 
boy, that just picked me right up. Huh? No, I was lower than, you know, I thought, oh, I won't. I won't. A year later, a year later, we're having revival services at our church. In walks Bill and his wife. I almost dropped my teeth. His sister went to our church. I had no idea because they didn't have the last day. I had no idea. And she invited him out. Bill got saved that night. Who do you think got to lead him to the Lord? Don't ever, when God tells you to do something, don't ever back away. I remember he, he, he came up to the altar, him and his wife both. And I, I thought, man, should I go up there? Norma kind of gave me that arm, you know, like, are you going to move or do I have to do it? You know? And I went up and I put my arm around him. And he gave me the biggest hug and I got to lead him to the Lord. You know? I wish those happened all the time, but they don't. But I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this. Be the man that people want to follow. Be the woman that people want to follow. Because they know maybe that you'll lead them to what they need. Number three. The miracle the little boy seen. The miracle the little boy seen. He seen Jesus. He seen the person that he gave his lunch to. And he probably counted one, two, three, four, five, and two fish. And he seen it feed 7,000 people after Jesus prayed for it. And then he seen all that that was brought back. Because it said five loaves and two fish, right? Yeah. All that that was brought back. And I'm thinking this little boy, I mean, his eyes were probably bulging out. He's probably happier than a skunk in a, you know, in a trash can. You know what I'm saying? He's seen that. I mean, just think if it was you. Wouldn't you be on fire? Huh? Wouldn't you be on fire? Just think when you get to heaven. I'm just giving you an example. But just think when you get to heaven, there's going to be a person walk up to you and put your, his arm around you, and he's going to say, listen, remember when you gave that $50 in the mission pledge? That's why I'm here today. Those things are going to happen, people. Those things are going to happen. Because why? Because we gave, you know. He gave it all to Jesus. I think it's exciting. I think it's great. I wish that I could sit here and tell you every time Jesus spoke to me, I, I answered, yes, sir, I'm going to do it. I struggle just like the rest of you do sometimes. We're, we're human, aren't we? And Jesus knows that. You know, when he talked to his disciples, he knew what was going to happen. He already knew. He knew that he's had some more teaching to do. How many times has Jesus had to teach you more than once? Oh, come on. How many times? I've run around that mountain so many times. You know, I probably got Jesus dizzy watching me run around it. You know what I'm saying? Rick, when are you going to learn? And I see, and I keep saying, Lord, one more time. <laughs> one more time. One, maybe, maybe two more times, Lord. But Jesus knows. He, knows. he knows that we love him. He knows that we're trying. And let me tell you this. It may get easier Maybe, maybe I had to repent only a week, and then maybe I went a month. Then maybe I went, you know what I'm saying? But when Jesus, when Jesus is teaching us something, it's there for us to learn. It's there for us to learn. And learning we need to do. The 
fourth one, the master the little boy trusted. The master the little boy trusted. The boy just didn't walk up to Jesus and say, and sit down next to him and said, Lord, I want to share my lunch with you. That's what I would have done. He said, no, Lord, I want to give it to you. Here, Lord, you take this piece of fish and a couple pieces of bread, and I'll just, I'll, I'll just eat this part. No, he gave it all to Jesus. You know why? Because he trusted Jesus with everything. He trusted Jesus with everything. You know, when we gave our heart to the Lord, and every one of us here have probably done this, when we gave our heart to the Lord, we gave him ourself. We gave him our life. Why? Because we trusted Jesus with it. Have you ever struggled with some things that you didn't want to give the Lord? If you haven't, then you're one of the few. But I did. I did. There were some things I said, Lord, I can do this. <laughs> I can handle this one. I can handle it. That night, that night that I got right with God, I had a little four-year-old girl that I wasn't going to give up. Norm and I were getting a divorce. Lord, she's mine. And Jesus said, no, I want everything. I want that four-year-old girl. Today she's 50-something. I'm not going to tell you how old she is or she'll kill me. She's not 50-something. She's only 39, okay? But anyway, uh, it's giving everything to Jesus and then taking our hand. The problem is we give it and then we try to take it back. We give it because we don't think he's doing a good enough job with it or he's not doing it fast enough. But Jesus has his time and we have ours. My time is now. Jesus' time is wait a while. Usually because he's got more teaching to do to me. Usually I learn through those things. Sometimes it takes more than once. But the little boy gave him everything. He gave him all he had. You know, the amazing part, and we're almost done. The amazing part of this story is we don't know his name. We don't know the little boy's name. All he knows is a little boy. You know, it reminds me of the widow who in the treasure gave Gave everything she had. You remember that story? Where, you know, they're in the synagogue and all these rich people are throwing in a little bit here. I mean, throwing in, you know, and oh, I gave this and I gave that. And she came in and she had two or three mints, mites, threw three pennies and threw it in. And Jesus said to those standing around, she gave more than any of you gave. She gave all she had. We don't know her name. But Jesus does. We don't know the boy's name, but Jesus does. And I got a feeling, people, when we get to heaven, there are going to be two of the people that are going to be standing there welcoming us and saying, hey, it's good to see you. You know, when we get to heaven, we're going to find out what their names are. But you know what? They gave it all. They gave it all. Why? Because one reason. They trusted God with everything they had. With everything they had. The little boy, the reason that the five, six, seven thousand people got fed is because he trusted Jesus with his lunch, with everything he had. And he knew, he knew, deep in his heart, that Jesus will take care of me. I'm not going to go home starved. Let us pray.
Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you tonight, Lord, that through this, through this lesson of this little boy, Lord, that you want it all. You want it all, and you can take it, Lord, and use it to further your kingdom. You can take it, Lord, to feed those, Lord, who are starving to death for your word. You can take it to Heavenly Father and do the miracles with it that people need to see today. So God, we pray. We thank you for this story. Lord, that it was important enough to put in all four Gospels. And Lord, may we learn through what this little boy had to do that Jesus, our eyes are upon you and our trust, the Heavenly Father, are upon you. And Lord, we can't wait to see you. We ask you in your precious and holy name. Amen. God bless you. Have a good evening.